Welcome to episode 449 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a wonderful conversation with Jess Beveridge and Tennis Kowalczyk, company manager and artistic director, respectively, of the Farm Arts Collective. And we discuss serving healthy food and theater to the community, telling stories in poetic and abstract ways, the dream on the farm, quilts, the connection between theater and farming, foundation pillars of life, the International Human Rights Festival, and doing something over the holidays that is creative. A wonderful conversation with Jess and Tennis. We have an EWSA titled Man on Adams, and we share a poem written by Jerry Geddes and Andre DeShields in honor of World AIDS Day, titled Dating in Armageddon, and another poem called Gay Paul. All of this, of course, will be imbued, infused, with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it. Episode 449 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Oh yeah 
Man on Adams. So, I stepped outside of my beat-up 1997 Subaru earlier this week with my mask on and walking by on the other side of the imitation wrought iron fence that separates the parking lot and public sidewalk. A man with very dark skin, a can of beer wrapped in a plastic bag in his hand, took a sip. With his head tipped back, eyes shut, looking up at the early morning, cloudy sky. He turned toward me for a moment. We nodded recognition. He walked by, then stopped, and came back my way to say, Hey, man. My wife died in the shelter last night. I wasn't there. I feel empty. She was a good wife. I don't want anyone else. I would come home after a good, hard day of cement and stonework, and she would have a nice supper ready. And I apologize for telling you this, but our lovemaking was spiritual. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to stop drinking and doing drugs. He threw his can into a bush. I need to get healthy. I don't know if they will let me back into the shelter tonight because I missed last night. They have rules. That's okay. I will figure it out. Can you help me out, brother? I went into my wallet, resting inside the breast pocket of the Pierre Carden long black coat I purchased from the Salvation Army. I took out a bill of U.S. currency and extended my hand through the fence. He extended his hand and gently took the bill. We looked at one another. He said, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, brother. I said, I'm sorry for your loss. One day at a time. It was nice talking with you. Sweet. 
like sugar with your gangster talk. Wanna eat you like a cookie when I see you walk with your rain on silk, or maybe even denim. It really doesn't matter as long as you're in them. You can break cards and manipulate minds, or surrender, act tender, be gentle and kind. You always know what to say and do. Cold flip when you think your man is playing you. Not cheap or petty, you're ready for loving. You're real independent, so your parents be bugging. But if you ever need a place to stay, come around my way. Hello, is this Jess Beveridge and Tennis Kowalczyk? Yes, it is. Here we are. Hi. It's so nice to have you on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Before we get started, I'm going to share a little background information with you about the project that Jess and Tennis are here to talk with us about, the Farm Arts Collective. Tennis is the artistic director. She is a theater artist, a flower farmer, and co-owner of the Will-O-Wisp Organic Farm. She has directed and performed in over 30 original theater productions in the U.S. and Canada. Jess is the company manager, a Sullivan County-based theater artist who has appeared in productions in the tri-state area and New York City. She is a performer who spends her days in the flowers at Will-O-Wisp Organic Farm. She is an alumna of the studio program at AMDA, New York. It's so nice to have you both on the program, Jess and Tennis. And um, I, I want to start off by asking you, how did you end up together at the Farm Arts Collective somewhere out there in Damascus, I believe, Pennsylvania, right? Yes, yes. Damascus, Pennsylvania is where we are based. And if, if folks... You know, most folks aren't going to know where Damascus is, but if um, the listeners can picture Sullivan County um, and uh, Calicoon, New York, 
uh, which is just above Narrowsburg, New York. We're just across the river from Calico, New York, in Sullivan County on the Delaware River. We're, our farm is located right on the Delaware River. So we are really serving communities in the uh, Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Like those, that's, that's who's um, coming to our events, to our performances. That's uh, the, the kind of composition of our ensemble because we have a theater ensemble um, that works out of a big greenhouse on our farm. So that that's kind of who we are and, that, and where we are. Right. Excellent. And uh, when you say serve, what do you mean? Well, I feel like we, as a farm, we're serving uh, we're serving a community by building or building by by growing food and selling food and providing food, um, uh, healthy food to our community and. In, by creating art uh, for and with the people where, where we're living, that we're also nourishing the mind, the body, the mind, and the souls of our community um, through really a, a kind of innovative and, and very, very um, original creative art form, um, theater, stilt walking, mu- live music, dance, uh, to tell stories um, about current events and issues of the day and our real prime focus right now is talking and thinking about climate change and how we're going to live with it and what what we need to do as a as a community excellent i i I think that sounds like a wonderful thing to be doing that's a great way to serve your community um you know you make me think of bread and puppet theater i'm sure you guys are aware of those folks from uh uh, the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, Peter Schumann. Uh, that's the kind of thing they've been doing for years. Have you uh, been influenced by them at all? Oh, definitely. Yes, yes. You know, we just actually had a chance. Uh, some of our neighbors here uh, had them come and play at their farm, so it was really nice mm-hmm. to see a recent production. It was just last last autumn. Yeah, yeah. They came with one of their touring shows, the Resurrection Circus, you know. And oh, yeah. so, you know... Totally in the same in the same uh, genre of outdoor theater, of theater that has uh, delivering a message um, of discontent, or at least trying to figure out how to solve problems, the problems of the world. Um, our performances also incorporate stilt walking, mm-hmm. uh, live music, Puppet. and puppetry. Yeah. You know, we do have such a similar kind of, um, I guess, genre. Yes. And the aesthetic is yeah. a little different. I feel like maybe they're a little more, they go more towards agitprop and uh, broad strokes. And I think um, the work we're doing are, is more influenced by Grotowski and Odin Teatret, which um, is more in the like um, more complex devised and poetic mm-hmm. work, um, like telling stories in a more poetic and abstract way with um Really interesting movement and and juxtaposition a little bit more than the broader strokes of the political of bread and puppet. Not to say it's not amazing work, and um, we honor that work and love it. So, yeah, I, yeah. There, there's all sorts of ways, right, to to express yeah. yourself and to get people compelled about important issues. Um, but you have to mention bread and puppet when you talk about some of the stuff you guys are doing. Uh, I think. And uh, there's also another group around here that uh, maybe these are your friends too, John Bromberg and uh, uh, 
um, his his crew up in Wayne County. I don't know if you've crossed paths with him. He's friends with Peter Schumann. We have a nice, healthy, uh, I think, uh, sort of rural um, mindset that is very artistic, very back to the land, very uh, sort of counterculture in, in northeastern Pennsylvania, upstate New York, and then feeding into New York City, too. And uh, you guys are a large part of that, it seems. And how long have you been doing it? Well, Farm Arts Collective, this was our third season. This summer was our third season. Um, I've been working with Tennis for about four or five years now. Um, but as Farm Arts Collective, we just finished our third season. So, and we, But we've been working with um, our ensemble, some of our ensemble members for the past four or five years. Um, and we do have a core group of about 15 people. Um, and we have weekly rehearsals, and we do all device theater uh, throughout the year, and then we put on our annual production um, every August, and then also do some touring gigs uh, with some street theater, not only the Dream on the Farm, but some still walking and street theater in, in parades and processions and different street fairs around the area. Um, but Farm Arts Collective has been alive and striving since uh, for three years now. All right. Yeah, so and we, go ahead, I'm we're sorry. in Wayne County. Um, we're in Wayne County. Right. We're located in Wayne County. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wayne, Wayne County is, uh, that, I love Wayne County. I think it's a beautiful part of uh, the uh, the Northeast. Uh, and it, it, I, I bet you, if, if I understand Wayne County correctly, there's a bit of a contrast between neighbors there, too. You know, some of what you're espousing, uh, I think, is would be looked at as more liberal, progressive, uh, and there are folks that are at the opposite end of the, the philosophical spectrum. Do you ever encounter the sort of, you know, a, a conflict or, or at least t- heads tilted and like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, definitely. Um, you know, my son goes to the local school and there's, you know, a, there is a really like different, there's differences for sure between people who are more left wing and people who are more right wing. And we all know that here. I mean, it's just, it literally is like we are like a quilt and we're we're mm-hmm. all like these different patches stitched together. But I'll tell you, like, I'm just um, the neighbors that I have, you know, regardless of their political perspectives and points of view on various politicized issues. People here would give give you their shirt off their back yeah. if they need if you need help and 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 I so it's like it's really nice to try to navigate that to you know be able to speak your mind and make art about the the issues you feel important and at the same time know like if I needed a hand or I needed help um, that my neighbors are there and we we can like still be together and work together even though we are different. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the best way uh, of of humanity. You know, when we behave in that way, I think we're at our best as a species. And I would gather that the context of being rural on a farm really feeds the possibility of that sort of healthy interaction and connection to occur. Because when you're rural, you need each other more. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. in in certain ways. I don't know if I should say more, but you need yourself. I mean, I lived in Vermont for a while, and I know you, you go through the winters. You, you don't care what your political affiliations are with your neighbors. You right. need you need each other through those tough winters. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what I. That's exactly what I mean. I mean, we just we we see each other. We interact. Right. So we're outside more. 
um, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's like it's, we're, we're more closely knit, you know, um, and, and that's, that's important. And, and people should be able to be honest and open about their feelings right. and what they believe. I mean, I, I believe that. And so I kind of welcome it. And, and, you know, I was before running a theater on, on, on a farm, I was making theater in theater spaces in New York City, in Sullivan County. I was a founding member of, a, of an ensemble called North American Cultural Laboratory or NACL Theater. And, you know, that's where I was working for many years before starting working, making theater on a farm. And I, I, I really love the fact that we're offering these theater experiences on a farm i feel like it it is like a kind of more accessible yeah. vibe and accessible space for people to enter um and so like i feel like we're attracting people who may not necessarily walk into an art gallery or a, a, a theater space to see work but rather they have there's a comfort about being on a farm and um i'm really really um appreciating that about our our um environment and situation of making outdoor theater. I really love that. Yeah, we we definitely do find that people that would not normally go to a theater performance or an art gallery or some type of, you know, music venue are coming to the farm to see our performances because it is on a farm and it gives them an opportunity to walk around the farm, but they're also getting something out of our theater performance that they may not have originally searched for, originally sought out, but they do leave with something. Uh, different than what they came searching for, in my opinion. I think that's that's what happens. That's what we've seen. Excellent. And and you you uh, you folks are on the Delaware River. Uh, how big is the uh, the farm? The farm is twenty five acres in production, um, and we have uh, about thirty or forty varieties of any kind of vegetable. We don't do okra. We don't do some <laughs> of the hot hot weather loving ones but we do mostly every vegetable uh jess and i are in charge of flower production we do herbs and we have a number of greenhouses that so we're able to extend the season and uh, grow into uh we've got like three more weeks mm-hmm. into december that we'll be growing and selling and then we'll start up again in uh, march planting out the greenhouses so we can be selling by late april early may and do you operate as a co-op as well no the business the farm, the Willow Wisp Organic Farm, is a is a, bu- a business. We have employees. We ha- we employ about fifteen people in our local area, who work um, mostly full time during the high season and then part time on the shoulder months. Shoulder months. So we have a really really amazing group of uh, people who work on the farm. Our team is all local, and we are paying a, a living wage mm-hmm. to every single person who works on our farm. And uh, we're organic, so. It works out that we can charge a little bit more money um, and pay people for their work. So it's it's a it's a, a good situation. Yes, kudos, kudos to you. Um, and do you both live on the farm? I do. I live on the farm, and Jess lives in. Uh, yeah, in- I live in Bloomingburg, New York, which is on the edge of Sullivan and Orange County. So not too far. Not too far. Nope, not too far at all. It's a nice drive. And I also want to mention, like, part of Farm Arts Collective's mission is to actually bring together four pillars of life-sustaining practices, and that's farming, performance, food, and ecology. So 
alongside the performance creative work, creation work, we are also doing workshops in farming, workshops in how to preserve food, how to work with herbs and create medicines. We're doing a, like a, a lot of uh, public workshops that engage people um, about ecology and farming and, and, and food. So that's, that's a whole other part of our work, which again is bringing in, a, right. bringing in people with other interests who are then learning about performance and encountering performance. And you know, our ensemble is also made up of professional actors, but also people who are not professional actors who want to make work. So we have a really diverse mix of performers. Some who have very little training, and some who are, are total pros. Right. And, and do the former do the performers also do some farming work too? Does it cross over? Do you have cross pollination, so to speak, in that regard? Oh, do you yeah. ever, do you ever hear the word performer? <laughs> I just think yeah, I think I by accident said it. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did. So that's actually that's what us. we call ourselves. Yeah. We yeah. call ourselves performers. Jeff works on the farm. I work on the farm. A number of people who are in our ensemble have or do work on our farm. Some people are going to say this. This sounds like a commune or something. Stay away from that <laughs> that farm. Those people are commune people. I don't think so. They get paid. Everyone yeah. gets paid for their time on the farm. Yeah. And then they just get to stay on the farm for for evening rehearsals because we rehearse at night on weekends right. on weekends. Right. I mean, it's it's a really beautiful beautiful thing. We we tend the land during the day and then we create art on the same land that we are tending to at night. So it's it's a really beautiful relationship. Um, with the land that we're working on and where we're making art and, you know, working in it and then working in it in an artistic way. It's just, it's really special how everything happens in one spot and it does cross over and cross pollinate. Like you said, it's, it's something really special. It really is. It, it sounds it, you know, I was joking around not to disparage, I, you know, there are people I think though, who have this sense of anything who, you know, that isn't in the, in the framework of, you know, a capitalistic sort of approach and we all have your own little nuclear sort of family or at least if not nuclear you're you're living in a development or in a neighborhood and you're you're if you're not doing that sort of thing you're you make people feel uncomfortable and then it's always connected back to the hippies and the you know <laughs> the the terrible sort of uh misrepresentation of, of folks who are trying to live differently you know back to the earth more soulfully more artistically more uh, con conscious of of uh their effect on everything around them and it seems that's what you folks are doing i don't think you're doing this to get financially rich maybe rich in other ways <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and you know stress the collective um and it's not collective farming <laughs> the way that my grandparents you know they're from they're from europe and they actually were forced to work change their farm in in belarus to a collective farm when Stalin was in power, but you know, it, it the collective the collective notion of farm arts collective is that we are a community based collection of people that are bringing together all these different skills in farming, in theater, in um, making, making you know, ecology, yeah, and yeah, and together we're creating. Um, performances and events and learning from one another and workshops to basically make the world a better place for ourselves. And so that's, 
that's what we're doing through these different um, these skills and practices of basic life stuff, art, food, mm-hmm. ecology, farming, basic. Yeah, it, it, it sounds wonderful. It does. And I guess you're doing this, as you said, to make the world a better uh, place for you and your families. But are you also looking at, in some way, trying to have a, an effect on the larger community, the, the nation, and so on? Yeah, I believe that when, a, when people in a community can become more engaged in creative act, problem solving becomes easier, getting activated about whatever you feel you need to be activated about, um, it just becomes more easy, um, more, more accessible um, as, a, as, a, as a group or as an individual. And like to have a creative community is what's really important right now, I think, because so, I mean, gosh, we've just come out of a pandemic of isolation. We, there's so many social problems. So I feel the more creative opportunities that are available for your your town or your people around you, um, the better off you're going to be as both individuals and as communities. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. We're talking to Jess Beveridge and Tennis Kowalchuk. And I guess, Tennis, that was you who said your your family's from Belarus? Yeah, from uh, my grand my grandparents and my mother um, came to Canada, actually. That's where I was born. And they settled they settled uh, in Canada uh, after the Second World War. Yeah. Great. And Jess, am I saying your last name correctly? Beveridge? Yep. Beveridge. Oh. Just yeah. like the drink spelled differently. Yes. That's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> so when um, when I when I look at uh, some of the things you've been doing, there's, there's quite a number of things. You mentioned workshops and productions. Uh, you, you also mentioned uh, something about Dream on the Farm. Is that correct? Yes. Absolutely. Dream on the Farm is um, our annual performance um, about climate change. And we have dedicated the next, uh, for 10 years, we are dedicating ourselves to make a new play about climate change. So it's going to, it's a decalogue. And this past summer was our second installment of it. And we are in the process right now of um, devising a touring, um, a touring performance from the bigger dream on the farm that we are able to bring around to different venues in our area and beyond. Um, Our next performance of dream is going to be at the international human rights art festival in New York city um, on December 11th. So right now we're working on that and a version that we take around to different venues in our area and beyond. That sounds exciting. So just in a few days from when we're talking, you're going to be, uh, what uh, do you know? Woodborough. Yeah, uh, we're in the East Village. It's a, at a theater called Wild Project, so we're in Alphabet City. Excellent. Queen. You know Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, break a leg and have fun with that. And so every year, the for this uh, deca decade long, I guess effort at at writing a new play regarding climate climate change it's always going to be called dream on the farm or that is just as a yeah okay dream on the farm i I love it and yeah it's called dream on the farm and every year will be a new show a new dream (laughs) yeah there you go i guess like dreaming our future (laughs) dreaming like what 
what are we going to do? Because it's so real now. Like, it just becomes more and more real and scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to be strong dreamers. I, there's a beautiful quote from um, Ben Okri, the Nigerian poet, who says, we all need to be strong dreamers now. And mm-hmm. he, he, um, he's really, you know, inspired me um, to, to keep that, that dream really strong and to keep, keep making these pieces for the next 10 years. That's our window. Our window, we have, a, like, that's what everyone's saying. That's what the scientists are saying. We've got to change within these 10 years if there's going to be a future for, I have a 13-year-old. Right. I, I don't like to think about this. Right. <laughs> like, what is it going to be like yeah. for him in 50, 60 years? Right. I don't like to think about it. No, that's why it's important to have a person like Greta, you know, who is that is it the generation that your son is in, basically speaking for that yeah. generation. Because our generation, you and I are probably—I might be a bit older than you, but not much. I don't think I'm guessing. Um, we, we you know, we're, we're uh, we kind of didn't pay attention, or we were unaware. I don't know how to put it uh, nicely. Uh, so, in, in many of of the folks that are in the older generations. They just kind of have said, I think, have written it off. They don't process the complexity of it as much as they need to, as much as we need to. Where the younger generations, yeah, they, they're going to have to deal with things that we don't. Yeah, right, so, right. I mean, so we're just setting this, we're setting ourselves this goal to build this new, a new story every year and look at the issue in an in, in, in innovative, creative, and entertaining. Don't forget, we have to be, at, you know, it's a show, so... How do we do it so that it's really engaging and moving and thought-provoking and beautiful mm-hmm. as a piece of art and still bring bring the issue right to the forefront mm-hmm. so we can't shy away from it? Because we, it's, just, it's just the biggest issue of the day. Yeah, I agree. And you can't be preachy because no one wants to be preached at, right? You, you can't. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fine balance you have to try to uh, achieve uh jess and tennis and go ahead but that's why we're doing it as an art form and right. not a lecture exactly. you know so yeah. that's why we're that's exactly why art mo- to me the most useful thing right now um around the issues these important issues is you can do it in a way that is that makes people listen differently mm-hmm. right makes people listen differently compels them makes them feel comfortable uh with the complexity and with discussing the issues. Right, exactly. Right, uh, when, it's, when an issue this heavy is put out in front of you in a different way, it also gives people permission to be able to talk about it, If maybe if they didn't want to in the first place. You know what I mean? It, it kind of opens it up to make it a little bit more comfortable to talk about. Yeah, uh, and that that's key. I mean, because a lot of times, you know, and everybody, I don't know, I'm not saying who's guilty of it, but bo- if, if we just, if we oversimplify it to, to a dualistic sort of uh, uh, motif, and it's the progressives against the conservatives, you know, um, both sides have preconceived ideas about the other, right? Or small-minded or arrogant or selfish or pie in the sky, whatever it might be. And if we can't get past those preconceptions which stymie us from talking and from working together as one, we can never solve anything. And and you're working to try to achieve that sort of environment, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, we are. 
That's uh, that's a tall order, but I can tell when talking with you, you guys have such great energy. You obviously are. It's not an arduous. I mean, I'm sure there are some tough days, uh, but you seem to really be excited about what you're doing. How do you find that excitement? Is it just something? I mean, because some of the issues are heavy, and the work is hard, and you're not again, unless maybe you you guys have uh, big bank accounts some for some reason. I don't know. You don't have to divulge that, but it's it's not financially lucrative. How do you keep that that great attitude, that great energy? Hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that doing we love theater. Yeah, we yeah. love farming. Yeah, we we actually are doing everything we love. We're right. finding a way to make money doing it. I mean, you know, we have you know these modest salaries right. from these things. You know, we just did our budget for Farm Arts Collective, and we think between fundraising and people can make any a donation to farmartscollective.org but between fundraising and performing our shows out and receiving performance fees and teaching and selling tickets to our shows writing the grants that we're going to make we're going to be able to pay our artists and pay ourselves something as the kind of organizers and administrators and artistic directors and managers um, <laughs> and like and then at the same time, we get to go back into the field, yeah. you know, in, in a few months after we take our winter break and, like, go back and work a job we love yeah. in the field. Yeah. I mean, so why not? I mean, it could be so much worse. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and, you know, I've had a million other jobs that I've, I couldn't stand going to. And this is the one that I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, I get to go to work today. And being outside and, and working in the flowers and then making theater at night um, and... I think what what really does like spark me and keeps me going is listening to the audience members after the performance or seeing the audience members during the performance and seeing just how much joy they get out of watching us or being on a farm and seeing their reaction to what we are doing and then hearing what they have to say after it. And especially in these times where things were shut down and people weren't able to go see live performances. We were still able to do that during COVID-19 and the, and the reaction that we got from, from our audience was just, I mean, it was beaming, you know, people were so grateful for, to, to be able to be out and with other people and on a farm and seeing live theater. I mean, that just, that keeps me going in itself just to see the audience's reactions and, and hearing what they have to say after the performances. Awesome. We're talking with Jess Beveridge and Tennis Kowalczyk of the Farm Arts Collective. Company manager is Jess, and the artistic director is Tennis. Um, we only have a few moments left. Why don't you share with the folks some ways in which they can connect with the Farm Arts Collective, and then share a nice little insight or reflection to, to let us go into the holiday season with, if you don't mind. All right. Well, people can definitely reach out to us uh, because we have a website and can learn more about our work and who we are um, by going to www.farmartscollective.org. We also have an Instagram account and it's Farm Arts Collective, a Facebook page, all the social media platforms you can find us on. Mm-hmm. We are starting the new, some, and the new project in January to create the new work, and we are always interested in hearing from people who might be interested, be they uh, writers, actors, 
dancers, people who might want to learn stilt walking, movers, designers. We are always looking for stage management yes. crew yes. and production crew when it comes to performances. We will be touring, as Jess mentioned. We'll be hitting um, the road in, uh, we're going to Scranton. We're going uh, right up to the border at the Niagara Escarpment to Art Park. We're going to be going to New York City. Like, we have some nice touring gigs coming up. So, um, again, we just welcome um, any interested professional performers or people interested in, in, the, in the work of making performances that are about climate change and, are, and can offer something to that, to that project. Yeah. Yeah, we, like Tana said, we are on uh, social media, and we also do have a Vimeo page that you can see some of our um, uh, some videos on there from our previous works. Excellent. And and as far, it, go ahead. As far as like a happy, uh, you know, thinking about the holidays and what we, we have um, to look forward to, um, you know, where Hanukkah has started and Christmas is coming up. And, you know, I feel like this time of reflection is really important right now. Um, so much happening in the world. And to think about something doing something over the holidays that actually is creative for yourself um be it write something or compose something and just give yourself that time give yourself like um a couple hours every now and again to just like go into that space to do be be creative um and 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 see what happens mm -hmm. see what happens yeah and i would also like to add to that to when you are doing, you know, being creative, just to be really present in what you're doing and just to be fully engaged in what is at hand, whether it be the people around you or your task or whatever your work is that day, but to just be truly present with what you're doing. Wonderful. I, I, I felt uh, very present talking with you two. Uh, you know, I felt very connected. I enjoy what you're, you're uh, doing and I, I'll be coming I'll be coming one of these days to check it out in person. It's not too far from where I'm at. Uh, I'm excited. Terrific. Uh, so thanks for the time you've, t you've taken to be on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Jess Beveridge and Tennis Kowalczyk from the Farm Arts Collective. Have a nice winter. Talk to you, Talk to you again hopefully you so soon. Much. Yes, thank you so much. Have a great winter as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
to share with you, written by Jerry Geddes and Andre Deshields, and performed initially, presented to the public initially, back in the early 1990s. It's called Dating and Armageddon. They say that ignorance is bliss. They say that silence is golden. They say that the best things in life are free. I say Arthur ashes to ashes, and magic dust to dust. There are no they in this battle. There is only we, and us. Ignorance. In the beginning we should have known, or at least have guessed, when our warriors started falling, not in the heat of battle, but in the heat of their own brains, frying at the unhuman temperature of 105 degrees. We should have known, but we didn't. What the hell, they were strangers, distant others, unknown and unnamed. We should have known, but how could we have? We should have known, but why should we have? Silence. Julio was the first to go. Julio was one Hermano Caliente. Julio was so sharp he was bleeding, so hot that you could tan in the rays of his New Eurecan smile. One day Julio caught a bug that he could not shake, rattle, or roll. Next thing we knew, Julio was forever chilled, shot in the head with a cold. There was nothing to be said, nothing to be done. No obits were ever written. You see, Julio was number one. Silence. Jesse had been a magnificent actor, the kind of craftsman you could learn something from. But Jesse's dream wilted, shriveled, and exploded, just like Langston's raisin in the sun. I mean, everyone cared, but no one was really scared when Jesse caught the flu. Jesse checked out on stage, and with no sense of rage, 
we quietly counted Jesse number two. In the beginning there was the word, and the word was what? Armageddon? Was it too late to repent of our sins and seek refuge in the house of those who were protected, and seek refuge in the house of those who were protected from drought, famine, pestilence, and plague? Then the Lord sent down an angel from on high, a screaming, violet, coquette angel of light, bearing tabloids that had been written upon by the finger of God. In the beginning there was the word, and the word was grid, gay-related immunodeficiency. And the beast would be known by the mark upon its brow, gridlock. Ron danced. He danced to unheard rhythms. He moved on light and shadow. He moved to the beats of his heart, his body singing songs we all could hear, until his legs, his beautiful legs, his glorious legs dwindled to fragile reeds, unable to support even his shrunken torso. And when he danced with the grim reaper in a sweat-soaked fever-blind pas de deux, it was called the Gay Plague, in ten-foot New York Post headline high letters, big enough for Republicans to see. And in whispers that were not quite whispers, Ron was counted number three. Free. The world is dying. In Mother Africa, AIDS accomplishes what slavery could never achieve, and all the many diverse nations weaned at her breast share the blood of an immunodeficient civilization. The nations of Paul, Robert, Stephen, Gary, John, Peter, Rob, Carl, Ed, Chico, Alvin, Donald Ray, Timothy, Frank, Ken, Claude, Giles, Kevin, Regina. Regina? Regina was not male. Regina was a woman. No, I mean a real woman. Regina was a mother. Regina was angry. Angry at the big nose, big lip, big footed, big bone, big black man she loved while living and hated while dying. With her last breath, she cursed him. You low down lying bastard, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't he tell you what, Regina? That he was gay. He wasn't. Then how did he get it? The same way we all get it. Ignorance, silence, and it's free. If your heart always did what a normal heart should do If you always play a part instead of being who you really are Then you might just miss the one who's standing there So instead of passing by, show the someone that you care Instead of asking why, why me and why you, why not we too? Cause love don't need a reason. Love don't always rhyme. And love is all we have for now. What we don't have is time If you always believe All the madness that we're taught Never questioning the rules 
absurd bunch of celery in the middle of the road that pitches at a 45-degree angle down toward the river. Vine asphalt into the underbrush, over the tracks under the bridge, through the marsh where those without shelter often sleep and wait. He said, I am so negative, wah, wah, wah after his third glass of wine.
And there you have it, episode 449 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Jess Beveridge and Tennis Kowalczyk, the Farm Arts Collective, Jerry Geddes and Andre DeShields, and these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, Steely Dan, LL Cool J, Fatumata Diawara, Peter Allen, The B-52s, Branford Marsalis, and Terrence Blanchard too. And of course, I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, Let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.